0: Hi, this is Carson with Troy, and I have with me artist Shandell Green. Shandel, thank you so much for getting on with me today. Um, you yeah, primarily, so Yeah, you primarily work in, you know, your art is produced in the Cosmere universe, um, but you're a very talented artist. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your art.
1: All right, so yeah, my name is Shandel Green, and um, I do a lot of Cosmere art. Um, I'm actually primarily a teacher. I teach fifth grade, but art has always been something that I've loved. And um yeah, I don't really know what else to say about myself, but um big big fan of fantasy and Cosmere and art and so that's I guess that's me. Um also I should just mention that this is my mother's studio. So if you're seeing a lot of like sewing and uh, stuff like that, that's that's just where I'm set up. So
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Right next to me is my wife's sewing machine. She does, she sew's blankets oh, that's and different funny. things. So that's oh, awesome. Here, here,
1: here. Yeah, there's a bunch oh. of like mannequins behind me you can't see, but so which is probably oh, a really? good thing. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's hilarious. So when did you realize you had a, a talent for art? Like, were you always just drawing in, in in middle school and elementary school and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I always loved um, art. I think I always kind of was a, a creative kid. Uh, it's in my family. My grandfather's an artist. And so he was always very, very encouraging. Um, and like, I would draw things and he would like, oh, did you draw that? That's amazing. Even when it was like little, you know, stick figure kind of things. Um, but I actually really didn't enjoy art in school. I hated it. I um you know, it, it was just not something I enjoyed. The, like, you know, the teacher would say, draw a flower. And mine would, like, not really look like a flower at all. And all the, all the other girls would, like, draw like nice little flowers. Um, it wasn't really until we got to, like, a unit on um, drawing people where, like, they had one girl, like, model at the, the front of the class. And all of a sudden, I was, like, light years ahead of everybody else in the class. And my teacher kind of turned to me and she was, like, I think we found what you're good at. And it was sort of from there that I was, like, Oh, this is fun. Um, and then I just kind of would sit for hours and hours a day Um, drawing. And um, so that's really, I I started getting like really serious about art, I'd say probably around like upper middle school, high school, Um, but I've always enjoyed it. So.
0: That's fantastic. So you're a teacher. Um, So were you taking art classes in college as well, or are you more (laughs) self-taught?
1: So I'm pretty much self-taught. Um, like I said, my grandfather's a professional artist, so that was a lot of, you know, him like giving me critique and, and him teaching me different things. Um, but I never took any art classes until I was in college. And once I was in college, you're not really taking like art classes necessarily. It's more like very specialized. Um, and I really only did a year of art school. Um, and so, and then I was like, you know, I really just don't want to make this my career. I really love teaching and, you know, I can just do art on the side. So, um, that was sort of, you know, that was how I came into that, I guess. But.
0: Well, I mean, you have a full-time job and you're creating this art on the side. Um, what do you do to stay balanced and and take us kind of a, a look into your life of what you do to stay productive?
1: Uh, you mean on the on the art side?
0: Yeah. Like um, what are some well, of your I habits?
1: Yeah. Um, I think that like in general for me, it's, it's a really, it's a way for me to unwind. Um, so I, you know, and, and, and I have like a very like active mind, I think. So, uh, it's a way for me to like calm down. And so when I come home from school, I'll generally spend like, you know, the rest of the night drawing, um, you know, and I'll try to, I try to finish like a piece a day. I, I work very, very quickly. Um, and so, and I've kind of built because I've been doing it for so long. Like I have this kind of like shorthand just of like how to find, you know, references that I like, I have like a, you know, a list of, you know, a, um, Pinterest full of like references that I like, and I'm always kind of looking through to see different references and, and things like that. And, um, you know, fan art in particular really um, inspires me. So um, I'll look at other people's fan art and see like, what are other people kind of interpreting the characters as? And you know, what do I want to pull from that? Um, but yes, yeah, so it's, it's a very intuitive process. So a lot of people ask me like, why don't you teach art? And I'm like, I can't, because it's such an intuitive process for me that um, I wouldn't really know how to explain what I'm doing since I never really had a lot of formal training. Um, It's a lot of like trial and error, um, you know, things like that. But it's a very like therapeutic process for me, like, um, you know, creating art. So um, yeah, it's it's great. I love it.
0: That's awesome. You know, I've tried to, you know, I've taken some art classes and stuff and I think I could get good if I continued on and like practiced a lot, but um, you know, because I did get fairly okay, um, I'm not, I wasn't great or anything when I was taking art class, but like after that art class ended, I stopped, you know? And so, yeah, you know, your progress stops. Um, what have you done to continue to get better?
1: So it's really interesting. Cause I think that uh, this is the number one comment that I get people say, oh, I could be an artist like you. But, you know, I like, or, or I could never be an artist like you. I could never get to how, how you are, where you are. And I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like, I'm not a prodigy um, by any stretch of the imagination. I was not one of those kids at like two years old was like creating masterpieces. It was more just that I wanted to put in the time. And so I would spend hours and hours and hours and hours a day, you know, working on it. And I w- if something bothered me, I would look at it from like a very analytical standpoint and be like, I really want to get to this place. I want to be able to do this thing um, with my art. How do I get there? And then I would look up videos and how do I do this thing? Um, And I think with a lot of art classes, you know, I get parents asking me like, oh, should I sign my kid up for art classes? And I'm like, well, it's fine. They're not going to really learn how to draw or anything. Because a lot of art classes are like, here's how you draw a tree. Here's how you would draw a rock. Here's how you draw a house. And really what art is about is about seeing how, um, at least for me, a lot of it is how does light interact with, um, you know, objects and learning, you know, things like that. And how do different objects interact with space and shapes and things like that. And so, you know, the more that you're observing the world. So even when I'm out, you know, if I'm walking around my neighborhood, I'll look and see, well, how does, you know, light interact with the tree and, you know, things like that. And then I'll 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 create something that way, rather than like, what do I perceive of as a tree in my head? Because the, the, the problem is that as human beings, we have images that go along with words for us. So when you say tree, there's automatically a picture of a tree that shows up in your head, but that's actually not the best way to draw. So I always tell people that are looking to, you know, get better at artwork, um, go outside or look up pictures and kind of dis- dismantle your your idea of what, um, you know, a tree looks like. Or if you want to draw people, this is a big one because people have an idea of what a nose looks like, a mouth looks like, you know, and then really it, it doesn't. It's just a combination of shapes and lines and things like that. And so, um, you know, that would be, I think that was, that's like my number one tip for artists. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of like just, you know, getting better, I think that, you know, it's for me, it's just, I just practice a lot. And I think if you go back um, and look at even like a month ago or two months ago, I've had a lot of people, you know, saying even recently, they're like, Whoa, how did you get, you know, did your art get better all of a sudden? I'm like, yeah, it, it does tend to be like that for me. Like, it'll just kind of all of a sudden in, in, a, in a flash, like I'll just, you know, have an epiphany about something that I've been doing and then it'll change my entire, you know, workflow. And all of a sudden, you know, things start to change. So you can go back and even not that long ago, look at, you know, I'll, I'll do this. I'll go back and look at my artwork and cringe. And I'm just like, Oh man, even like from a few months ago, I'm like, I can't look at it. It's so bad. bad." It's so bad. Um, but I think that's a good thing. That means that you're growing. So,
0: oh yeah. And that is a great tip for anybody who wants to become an artist, um, being able to practice. Like I agree with you a 100% that it's, there are some people out there that are prodigies and can, can draw mm-hmm. from day one or whatever. But I think the majority of people, if they just set their mind to it and practice, they mm-hmm. might not be a professional artist, but most people I think can get to a point where if, if somebody sees a. A tree or a person that they're um, drawing and creating that they'll be like oh wow that's that's amazing just like anything right practice makes perfect really
1: yeah well I like actually I once heard someone saying like actually um, practice makes progress and I thought like but yeah that's a really great way especially when you're talking about art like it's such a great um, phrase because you know yeah like you'll I've never met an artist who is satisfied with their artwork um, you know, every time I go to my grandparents' house, my grandfather's like, come look at this piece. I don't know what's wrong with it. I can't figure out what's wrong with it. I don't like it, you know. And um, I think like as artists, we're always going to be a bit critical. And you know, it's it's a good thing to be able to step back and go, okay, I really like this is really good, or, or I've come so far. Um, but I think that there's there's something that's nice about that you should always be looking to grow and, you know, hopefully always be getting better. And um, so yeah, so I think that like, the more you the more you work at it, and I, and I get like, not everyone has the kind of time that I have to really put in the hours to do it, but, like, you know, and, um, I, I know that that can be very frustrating for people, um, cause they have, you know, children or, or other obligations that they just don't have hours a day to sit and practice, but, you know, even five minutes a day, you will see improvement. So
0: no, and that's a great tip as well as consistent practice. Even if it's five minutes, will do a, a world of good. And it's funny as a, as a person that's creative, whether that's art, um, whether that is being an author or leather worker or blacksmith or, or whatever you want to do, um, this this brought to to my mind when your grandpa said this, he sees the flaws, right? Like when like I, I do I stamp leather and like I'll show something mm. to to my family, and they'll be like, oh, it's good or whatever. And I'll be like, yeah, but there's like five missed stamps here that I, I I messed up. Like we see that, and like nobody like they would have never even seen that. And it's kind of funny, it's in our in our head um that that we do that. Do you have any advice for those people who you know are, are struggling they're they're creating stuff and all they see is the flaws
1: um i think that that's very typical for artists um that you know artists tend to be very um you know detail oriented and so you're always going to be looking at at you know what you can be doing better i think a huge um a big one for me is if you are frustrated with a piece walk away from it for an hour or two and then come back to it and sometimes your brain will shift um, and you know certain things that you're like, why is this not working? Why is this not working? It could be that you're just too close to it, and you have to kind of move away from it a bit, and then come back to it. And the things that you're seeing as problems, you'll either be able to fix, or you'll realize that they were not as big of a problem as you thought they were. Um, so, you know, and then there's always the best thing where if somebody comments on it, you go, well, it's a stylistic choice, you know, um, <laughs> that's the best, the best thing, you know, you could just, it's my style, you know, I want it to look imperfect. Um, so, you know, I think but a lot of it is just, we can get very, very like tunnel vision about the work. And it's like, if you step back, you know, and kind of leave it for a while and come back, your brain will rewire or reorient, and you'll be able to see some of the issues and either be able to fix them or realize that they're not as big of an issue as, as you thought they were.
0: No, that's great advice. You have very, very fantastic work based on the Cosmere. Um, what drew you into that?
1: Into creating Cosmere fan art or Cosmere in general? Uh,
0: both actually.
1: Um, so I think like for me, I've always loved creating fan art. Um, I think it's a way for me to interact with the with the art that I'm consuming. Um, just a different medium, you know. So where you know some people like to create film, or some people like to write fan fiction, or this is my way of connecting with the characters in the world. So even in like, before I got into the Cosmere, I've always, you know, done like Harry Potter fan art or whatever kind of books I was reading. I, I was always like doodling the characters. I just, um, a couple days ago, my friend showed me um, fan art that I had made for her when we were in like middle school. Like I was just something that I've always been really into. Um, and then with the Cosmere, um, so we were talking about this a little bit before, but I got into the Cosmere kind of through a writing uh, standpoint. I, I love writing Um, as well. And so I was looking up some writing videos and, you know, kind of came across Brandon that way. Um, And so then when I started reading the Cosmere, I wanted to create fan art for it. And, uh, you know, thank God just had a really great response to, you know, the work that I was doing. I think that because I am really like lighting is a huge um, part of my artwork it's like the my the, the thing that I enjoy doing the most is different lighting techniques when you have an entire series called Stormlight <laughs> um, it's going to very much appeal I think to my uh, style so I think that in general um, the Cosmere and specifically Stormlight just works really well with my style and um, uh, it's really nice to have the community so I think a lot of people will say that, like I have friends who follow me who are not in a, necessarily uh, in the Cosmere fandom and they're like don't you want to draw anything else and I'm like, to be honest, like I do draw other things, but I enjoy the community um, that I've built online with, you know, other Cosmere artists and people who love the Cosmere. And so, you know, it's, it's nice for me to be able to bridge those two things, like my love of reading and, and the artwork
0: that I'm doing. That's awesome. And for somebody who wants to become an artist and, and you know, get paid for some of their work, you've created a niche in the Cosmere market um, with this fandom that people can reach out. I mean, you could have done that with Harry Potter or, um, Rick Riordan's Percy Jackson or, or whatever, you know, what were some of the things, like, what did you see in your head to be like, oh yeah, like, this is what I want to focus on.
1: Well, I think a little bit of what I was talking about before with the, with the lighting kind of techniques. Um, but I also just, for me, I'm, I'm a very, very character driven reader. So, um, you know, when I'm, and it's funny because I'm actually not a very visual person. Like I, I don't, um, I think like some people, when they read, they can really like visualize what's happening in their head, like almost like a film, you know, playing out. And I'm not actually really like that. So a lot of times, like I'll, I'll you know, come across a character and I'm like, oh, I, I wonder how I would interpret that character. Um, and it'll vary from piece to piece. I mean, I think I've done like a thousand paintings of Kaladin and not one of them looks the same. Um, so, you know, I kind of just like, it's, it's fun for me to kind of take the descriptions that are, you know, on paper and then kind of translate it to what I'm thinking of at the time. And Kind of pulling from different you know ideas of things that exist in the real world and then how I'm seeing it in my head. But yeah, I think because I'm actually not a very visual learner at all, um it's like a fascinating study for me to be able to take something that I'm reading um, and translate that into something that I might see. Sometimes I will get, um, you know, and and I don't know if Brandon is actually the best case of this. I'm not sure he's his writing is fantastic, but I don't know if it's the kind of writing where I'm really seeing it in my head. There are some other writers that you like I really kind of see it in my head. And, um, so I really like, sorry, taking the, you know, the, the characters specifically and, um, you know, translate that into, Oh, what would they look like? And, um, you know, kind of that, that's a, uh, that that's fun
0: for me. So when you picked up, um, the Stroudline Archive, Wave Kings, was it immediate? Like, Oh man, I have to, I have to draw Cal, I have to draw Sel, like, was that like an immediate reaction that you had when you were reading the book?
1: Yeah um I'm trying to remember it's funny I read uh The Way of Kings during COVID like during lockdown and so that was also like a huge I think for a lot of artists that was like a big uh turning point in in your abilities because we had just tons of time with nothing to do uh so I think that I am trying to remember like the first time I drew Kaladin um but yeah I think like right away I was like oh I I I just want to draw this I want to you know kind of you know draw this character and um some of the other characters as well so um yeah I think it was pretty right away (laughs)
0: And and granted, you are so talented that you could have really done anything, even outside the fantasy scope. Uh, what really drives you to fantasy?
1: Well, I think that um, I've just always been into fantasy. I th- the first fantasy book that I really remember reading was, um, I think my father read to me, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, and I was about, I think, maybe like six or seven years old. And then from there, and I, I was, you know, I was pretty advanced as a reader. Um, and so I was reading things like Wind in the Willows. I think the, you know, what started it for me was really, um Cornelia Funka's books I don't know if you're familiar with um like the Inkheart series and and Dragon Rider and the Thief Lord this her writing really kind of opened something in my head and it was the first time I remember I remember like completely falling in love with characters and and feeling that the characters were so real um so that kind of that's when I was I was about 11 or 12 and then from then on it was just I I read about exclusively fantasy since then so um, I think that fantasy has become very popular recently, which is great. I love, like, I, we just have, we're, we're so like this, like wealth of fantasy these days. Um, but it wasn't so much like that as a kid. And I was really the only kid, um, you know, that liked fan- that I knew who liked fantasy. All my other friends were reading kind of realistic fiction. And then I was like, Where are the dragons. I want dragons. <laughs> um, so, you know, and, um, yeah. And so from there, I kind of moved into different, you know, kind of fantasy staples, you know, as I, you know, grew into my teens and, and later on. Um, so I think I've, I've always been interested. I do not remember a time where I was not interested in fantasy. I mean, even like, you know, really young, I, I, you know, I collected beanie babies because I was a nineties kid and, um, I loved the fantasy ones. I wanted the ones with the sparkly wings and I don't know, I think it's just, oh, it's just something like kind of built into, um, my psyche. I think also like, um, like I was talking about my grandfather before, and, um, he's also really into fantasy. He loves vampires. Uh, he loves Marvel movies. I'm like, oh, where did I, you know, but, you know, how many people, with their grandfather, are like I'll go and watch Marvel movies with my grandfather. Um, but, and he was like super into like Xena and, and you know, all these things. So I think I just kind of grew up around it. It was just like always, you know, around. And so, yeah, it's just always been a part of, part of my life.
0: Now you talked about your friend that showed you some Harry Potter drawings um, that he did. Do you remember like the first character that like, you're like, oh man, I have to, I have to draw this. I have to get this on paper.
1: Um, Yeah, again, I think it was always, I would, um, especially after I watched a movie, I, if I, like, as a kid, whenever I would, like, watch a movie, it was, like, after finishing it, it was, like, this, I need to draw it, I need to draw it. So, I think, like, I I just always have been that way. It's just my way to relate to, you know, the media that I was consuming. I'm trying to remember the first characters that I really remember, like, sitting down and drawing. It, um, I mean, it's hard because until I really got into, like, digital art, um, I was kind of limited in, you know, my ability to, to really draw. I think when I was reading Harry Potter, it was around the time that I started really getting interested in you know, improving my artwork. And so I would do, I, I still have, I should probably post them. I have these like drawings of, you know, the the, the stars from the films and things like that. And um, so, yeah, I think that's probably the earliest would have been probably Harry Potter, although I'm sure I did earlier. I just don't remember. I mean, my if I have like my notes from like middle school, they're covered in drawings. I'm sure if I go back and look at them, I'll find, you know, the inkart characters the, all over it. I'm sure. Um, yeah
0: that's awesome you you post the stuff on social media you also have an etsy store um what else have you done to, to market your work
1: so i actually was not like super interested in marketing my work i had to be kind of pushed into it um by katie and um i i don't know i felt like to be honest every time someone buys one of my pieces i go really like why are you buying my artwork um which i think goes back to what we're talking about about like the perfectionist thing but people have been telling me for years like you should sell your artwork and um you know my first response is do you want to buy one um you know because a lot of people say that but then you know it's not quite that simple um and I think also like for me I was always like oh no one's gonna want to buy it I'm not quite good yet I'm I'm not good enough yet and um you know Katie was like you need to do this you're sleeping on this and I was like okay um but I feel very uncomfortable marketing my artwork I think this is a really common thing amongst artists is that know we'll be like well you you can buy it if you want like (laughs) um, we're pretty shy about it um so i and even now like i um interested in in money i think and so i don't i mean i every time someone buys something from my store like i i feel very lucky and i am you know so thrilled with the with the response that i've gotten from it and and i love doing it um and i'll keep like creating um but don't do a whole lot to market it's just sort of like posting my artwork online like i don't really have an interest in in doing a lot more you know marketing for myself it's sort of just like hey if you want to buy it that's cool and if you don't okay that's cool too
0: (laughs) no and that's fine because lots of people feel that way i mean i've talked to a few authors um a few artists that feel that same way like i don't i don't do this for the money i do it because Mm -hmm. i love it and, and people apparently like it as well so i'll you know for those people i'll i'll sell my book or i'll sell my art yeah but it's yeah, same. I think that, like, Go ahead.
1: I think that um, one of the reasons why I didn't end up going into a, an art career, you know, I originally was thinking of going into a career in animation. And one of the problems was that I saw that the more that I was doing it for a job, the less fun it was. And I was like, I don't want to get to a point where I don't enjoy doing the artwork because I'm it's my job. And so, you know, I found something that I love, you know, equally as much. And so I can, you know, I don't have to rely on my artwork supporting me. Like I have a job, so I don't have to worry about it. And I think that if I did, if I had to like really be selling myself and selling my artwork, it would become so stressful. I just don't think I would enjoy it anymore.
0: So I think that's common. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you you mentioned Katie, that's Katie Payne. Um, She feels the same way. Like every time somebody buys her artwork, she's like, really? Like, it's, it's i know and that kind of that blows date. my mind
1: because her her stuff is amazing and i'm always like i am always telling her stuff i'm like guys look at this isn't it amazing look at her depth of field it's incredible so <laughs>
0: yeah no she she is amazing my brother or my son um has a couple of art pieces that she that he got in dragon still um that you know it's 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 fun and she's a great person um so obviously your grandpa is a big inspiration i'm sure um, who else yeah. inspires you and who do you look, look up to in your artwork?
1: Um, like artists that I look up to?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I was very inspired by Thomas Kincaid, which I'm sure comes as a shock to nobody. Uh, if you look at my artwork, um, but my grandparents, going back to my grandparents, they have a massive uh, Thomas Kincaid painting over their fireplace. And I remember even as a very young child, just like standing and looking at it. And the, what I, I think what I was connecting to as a kid was the emotion of the piece. Um, I know he's been heavily criticized in the art world. Uh, if, you, if you're if you not kind of familiar with the art world, he's pretty heavily criticized for being too commercial and being too saccharine. But uh, I don't really care. I still really like his work. Um, and his use of light was really, really inspiring for me. So that was like a big one. Um, a lot of my early paintings when I was you know a kid were very, very uh, Thomas Kincaid esque um, and kind of learning how he used light and stuff like that. So that was a big one um when I started getting into digital artwork I I really loved the Ross Draws if you're familiar with uh digital artwork you've probably heard of him um but his again he it's a lot of like the, the lighting techniques and stuff like that um I I was joking also with Katie and I was talking about how I think all of us who are digital artists now at one point hadn't had an, had an anime manga phase um where I did not watch any anime or manga or read any manga but I kind of was like very attracted to the style and so I was like learning that and um, you know, so I, I don't know if I had like a ton of like artists that I was specifically, uh, you know, except for, you know, like the ones that I mentioned just now. But um, so a lot of it is just like, I mean, r- right now, like there's just so many artists out there that I'll just like go onto Pinterest and, you know, look at different artwork and kind of be inspired. There's so much amazing art being done today. So
0: No, there is. And you can find a ton on Instagram and, and YouTube. There's so yeah. many different channels that you can go watch them, um, drawings and stuff like that. And you post lots of things too on, on Instagram of, you know, your process Mm -hmm. of drawing. So let's talk about your process. So when you, when you start a piece, do you have a picture in your head that you're trying to to recreate or you do just kind of go with the flow and see what comes out?
1: It really depends. Um, it depends on what kind of, um, reference I'm using. Sometimes I'm using references that are like, they'll have, you know, specifically references for artists. Um, people who do like, you know, stock photos and stuff like that. Sometimes I'll find a portrait of someone. I'm like, oh, that, that reminds me of Kaladin. I want to use their face as like a a base model. Sometimes I'll find like a a reference of a lighting reference that I'm really um, interested in or or fascinated by, excuse me. And um, so it, it really depends. My process kind of shifts Uh, depending on the piece that I'm doing but there usually is a point where I'll kind of leave the reference aside and try as much as I can to you know incorporate my own styles and um, of course a lot of what I'm painting doesn't exist in the real world so there's not a whole lot of reference for you know what the stormlight look like it's kind of like you know I don't know whatever I think it looks like or whatever the descriptions are in the book so um and, uh, and then I'll, I'll play with those techniques and kind of see how I want it to interact. But it's a lot of playing with light for me. It, that's really a lot of the process is, is playing with light and seeing how you know, different lighting effects you know, kind of bounce off of the different things.
0: Now, you said earlier that you don't really picture the, the people in your head or the, the scenes in your head um, like a mm-hmm. lot of people do. So how hard is it and, and difficult is it to translate what's on a page um, in your artwork?
1: um there's there haven't been many times where I've done it I did a painting of Notam's ship from Oathbringer and that was where I really I went I I was the only reference that I used was the words that Brandon wrote and it was quite a challenge for me um because I have a hard time visualizing things you know just and so um yeah so that was like that was that was a challenge yeah and like I said it, it's a lot of times like especially since um like, I'm not very good at remembering, you know, what things look like. Like I said, I don't have very good visual memory. And so this would drive my parents crazy. Like I would go on a date and they'd be like, what does he look like? I'm like, I don't remember, you know, I really don't have a very good <laughs> visual memory. Um, but so I, a lot of times will look up, like I'll type into Pinterest, like Kaladin Stormblast and see, oh, okay. So there are like certain features that he has in every single painting. He's got longish dark hair. He has scar scars his forehead. He has Um, you know, you know, tan skins, there's like certain things that I can kind of reproduce in every painting. But and so now I have a bit of a visual memory. So because I've painted Kaladin so much now, there's like certain things I don't need to look up anymore. Um, But with a lot of characters, I'll look up and see like, what is everyone else doing? And then look at a bunch of different, You know, you don't want to copy one person, but I'll look up a bunch of different people's artworks and say like, what's like the common denominator, you know, with everybody's artwork and see like, what's the essence of the character? Um, because I don't yeah like I like I said I I, it's I'm not it's not very easy for me to to visualize it on my own
0: so you know Brandon just came out um, with the miniatures um, the kind of solidifying like what Kaladin and everybody else kind of looked like before Mm -hmm. that though was there a lot of variation of what people did this is just kind of curiosity. um
1: yeah I think so I think that there's also like there's always the difference between the hardcore fans and the people who read the books once and then wanted to draw the characters and um, you know, there's not a whole lot of descriptions of the characters in the books, and so I think for a long time there were people who people would get very, very defensive about like, you know, oh, this character is supposed to look like this. I still get this. This is like my number one thing. Um, you know, people say that's not how Shalon looks, and I'm like, well, if you look back in the books, it is. Uh, you know, I try as much as possible. Like, I also use the the um, the Copper mines and from Seventeenth Shard. That's a huge resource for me um, to kind of see like, okay, well, what does Shalon look like? Okay, she's got pale. Skin and freckles but she's got the epicanthic fold. she's got red hair okay so then i i can you know use that as a base um but people get really defensive about what they assume the character looks like um and i think in general like we should be pretty like easygoing like don't you know jump on people because they drew a character in a way that you didn't necessarily view them as um uh so i, I yeah it's funny i think even like when the miniatures came out a lot of people were like saying to Brandon they're like does this mean that this is how we have to draw him he's like no <laughs> like yeah. it's an interpretation like this is one interpretation it's been okayed by Dragonsteel and you know if you want to use these you know but um you know there's always you know artist like you know I mean the for, the covers of Stormlight the the American covers don't look anything like how I envision the characters I don't even think look how Brandon envisioned the characters but it's the artist's interpretation of the story so
0: no exactly um so in Stormlight do you have like favorite characters that you that you love to draw
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's really funny so I think when I first started drawing this is very common is that I, I was afraid to draw men or male characters and um, this is like a very common thing I, I would love to like study this and to see why this is the case but people are so afraid of drawing men and um, it is very difficult I did have to really like learn um, and so for a long time I wouldn't draw any of my favorite characters because I was afraid to draw men and my favorite characters tend to be the, the male characters so I did a lot of Yasna and Shalon, um, a lot. <laughs> um, I think I drew, I drew Yasna like, you know, all the time. Um, and then once I was kind of, I was like, all right, if I'm ever going to draw like my favorite characters, I've got to get over this fear. And so I started to draw more uh, of, you know, my favorite characters like Kaladin and Adolin. So I think happened happens to them now, like my favorite character to draw, I think probably would be, you know, Kaladin. I've done a lot of Adolin recently. and um, But for a long time, I had like a, a fear of drawing, you know, uh, male characters.
0: So, I haven't really looked at all of your Instagram posts, so I don't know the answer to this. There's quite a um, lot there. <laughs> yeah, is, is there a Lopin in there? He's my favorite.
1: You know, I don't think I've drawn Lopen, and the reason is because it's hard for me when there are characters that don't have very distinctive features. Um, and Lopin is one of those characters. Like I kind I keep thinking I'm like, well, how would I make Lopin? how would I, you know, how would I show that this is Lopin? And so I should, you know, I, I get people saying like recently people were like, draw Teft, draw, draw rock. And I'm like, yeah, I will eventually, I think. But for some of these characters, it has to kind of either go in a scene or there has to be some sort of emotional um, connection for me to drawing the character. And um, especially with Lopin, I'm like, I don't know what I would be getting across. Like I could draw him but I'm not sure, you know, what I would be getting across, and maybe it's just because, you know, my like my connection to the character isn't as strong. Um, so, but yeah, I know I should branch out a bit more and draw draw some other characters, but um, it's it's it is harder for me.
0: So, are there if characters that you know. that you want to draw? I mean, like you said, you're not a big, um, not a draw to draw open. Um, are there characters where you you do want to draw, and you just haven't had hmm. the chance yet?
1: Um, that's a great question. Uh, yes. Well, first of all, just because I haven't posted it doesn't mean I haven't tried drawing them. So I, I, there have definitely been characters that I have tried to draw and I just haven't quite gotten to the place where I feel like, you know, cause for me, I always want to feel like when you look at it, you should be able to know what character it is. And there are some characters that I just, either I haven't been able to find a reference that I like enough for me to, to, to draw them. Um, a good example would be Vasher. I really would love to draw Vasher and I, for some reason, cannot find a, reference for him or you know i'm not sure what it is but i i just every time i try to draw a vasher it doesn't end up working for me um so yeah i think that that's you know there there are a couple characters like that kelsier is one of those two oddly enough i've done a lot of kelsier but i don't know if i've ever been really happy with my um you know kelsier drawing so there, there are a couple characters that i would like to get to eventually um but for whatever reason i i just kind of feel like i'm like i'm not, I'm not sure how i would represent this character
0: no, and this is, for people who want to become an artist, I think this is great advice and, and great insight into, you know, how you work. Um, just because, you know, like you said, you haven't posted doesn't mean you haven't practiced and you haven't, haven't done it. And that doesn't mean, and and that's important because you learn from all of it. Like, there, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's tons of stuff that you've learned. And, you know, like you said before with Baxter, like you just haven't found a good reference for it. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people um, ha- look down on references. I think they're great. Like, you should be able to, you know, look at something and be able to interpret it and, and recreate it. Um, and so people who are creating art or have an art teacher that says, you know, you shouldn't have to use a reference to create art, don't listen to it because I think that's that's great advice to do. Yeah,
1: I think that, you know, there's within the art world is a funny place um, and there, there's a couple of funny things that happen. One is that um, there are a lot of artists who will say not to use photo references because, you're not quite getting the full experience. You're seeing it in, in 2D, and you have to see in 3D for it to really be, you know, a, a reference. Um, and then once, like, you know, the internet came around and people had this like wealth of being able to get, uh, um, you know, references, and people were like, yeah, but this is just so much more convenient. You know, like you'll have plain air artists who are like, you cannot draw landscapes from a photo. You must go out and experience it yourself. And you're like, yeah, okay. Uh, if you live in, you know, the Midwest and you have these beautiful landscapes around you, but if you live in Baltimore City not a lot of mountains nearby for me to go and, you know, see. So I have to rely on photo references and things like that. Um, and I think anybody who says that they're trying, especially when you're drawing faces, if you're not using reference, I, I don't believe you. I, you're using some sort of reference. You're taking your own photos. You are, you know, they just, there aren't really a lot of those people anymore. Um, and I think it's funny, like I've seen, um, you know, it, it, history repeats itself. I think that, um, I believe it was Vermeer, who um, was one of the first to use, I may be wrong about this, but I I believe it was him, who was one of the first to use a a camera device. Um, And he was looked down upon because he was using a camera device. And that meant that his lighting was manufactured. And so people didn't take him seriously as an artist. And so now we've kind of done away with that. But there's a lot of backlash against um, like AI art and, and, you know, things like that. And I'm like, this is just history repeating itself. I think that we need to like, you know, learn how to adapt. And this is just the way of, you know, art in the future. And so People should not be ashamed of you know the different tools that they're using as long as they're not taking someone else's art and passing it off as their own. I, I don't think you should be ashamed for the 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 tools that you use and and everybody's using some tools yeah you
0: know? right, and even the like there isn't any new idea, new original idea. like people just take one idea from somewhere and another idea from somewhere and like match it together. I mean the stormlight archive is and and all of Brandon's work is is kind of like that like he takes stuff from real life stuff from in in his head and he mashes them together and you know Mm -hmm. comes up with something and that's kind of the same deal like you have what's in your head you have a reference and you can play off that and and create something wonderful for it so those people who are being in their journey like um don't always listen to those people who say like you don't have to use reference
1: yeah this is a great irritation for me. whenever people say like Harry Potter is not original. It's just this. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But like, you could say that about anything, like um, it, human beings don't create new things. We just take two things and put them together, you know? Um, and, you know, I think that even, even with Brandon stuff, it's like, you know, as as imaginative, as creative as it is, there's a lot of it. That's just, it's people, but with shells, you know, and it's because the human mind cannot create like new things. We can't create something without any reference to it. You know, we're, we're it's it's, we're finite, we're limited. And so, You know most things that are created it's just taking a bunch of other things and you know mashing them together to create something new but it's still taking those two you know familiar things so i think that in general this is it's a source of great irritation to me actually when people say you know this is just star wars and i'm like well what do you think star wars is like it's (laughs) star wars is taking from you know biblical inspirations or you know shakespeare inspirations like it's kind of irritating to me i'm like okay yeah you're right but they have a new twist on it and it's a new story you know a new type of story and new characters and
0: just, right, and no, go, nobody put on. it together <laughs> just like that at the same time. Like nobody, nobody did a Harry Potter before, you know. Like, and it's reached millions. Well, they're definitely,
1: of yeah. I mean, there definitely were, were books about boys going to wizard school. She did. She didn't make that concept up, you know. Right. But it was, you know, it was the way that she did it, and it was the the expansiveness of the universe, and you know, all, you know, all of these little things that make it feel fresh and new, and um, so. And I think, like, you know, to kind of bring it to like the epic fantasy side. There's a lot of heat on the Aragon series, which I loved uh, and was one of my first like you know, hard hard fantasy. And I think that there's there's legitimate criticism. And I think that if I was reading it now, I would probably say, This sounds awfully familiar. But at the time, you know, I was reading it, it was one of the it was my introduction to hard fantasy, epic fantasy really. And um, you know, there's a lot of people saying, Well, it's just Star Wars. And I'm like, well, yeah, the first book is quite similar. But if you read on, there's a lot like more to it. And it's very inventive and very creative and, you know, very well written. And I think that like a lot of people, um, I'm just not sure why, like, why we're so interested in like putting other things down. It's like, you know, you can enjoy this and if you don't enjoy it, then that's great. Um, but, you know, just to realize that like, there's not a whole lot that's like wholly original and, you know, we should kind of, kind of just accept that and, and move on.
0: <laughs> right. No, that's great advice. Um, so what do you, what do you kind of do to stay balanced? I mean, your you full-time job, you do this kind of on the side, um, or is that your balance? It's like, I mean, you said you kind of unwind, but. Um, I'm sure that's not the only two things you do, you, you create art and you teach. So like, what what are some mm-hmm. of the things that you do to stay balanced?
1: Oh, well, I'm a big reader. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, so I, I like to read a lot. Um, but I mean, um, that's really like, you know, I mean, for, for you know, I mean, I think that's the same thing that everyone else does. Like I hang out with friends and, you know, things like that. Um, I have, there's a one day out of the week where I do not use any technology. And so that's really, um, very centering for me. And it's kind of like, it's a very, it's, it's rejuvenating. And, um, you know, I, I kind of have to completely separate um, from that side of myself, because obviously, you know, I, I can't even draw, like, there's no, you know, drawing at all. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's a, a huge help. Uh, I'm away from social media, I'm away from my phone, I'm away from my iPad, I can't use any of it. Um, and so that's, that's a huge centering for me, and just a huge rejuvenation and a balance um, as well. But I mean, other than that, it's just, you know, normal, I think that you know, I'm I'm a bit obsessive, of uh, a bit of an obsessive personality, and so you know, it's it's if I'm not drawing, then I'm probably either reading or watching something about you know art or writing. That's kind of my life, or teaching. That's a bit. That's a bit. I'm a bit simple, I guess. I don't know.
0: Well, you said you you got into Brandon Sanderson because you were you were writing and you were looking at um, you know his teaching. So do you do you write a lot? Um, is that a goal, a future goal of yours to produce your own work?
1: No, (laughs) Um, I, I, yeah, I do love to write and I do not want to be published. (laughs) Um, I writing is very, very therapeutic for me. And it's something that I enjoy doing. And I think that I'm moderately good at, but I don't have a whole lot of interest in, um, in publishing, I don't really want to get into that world. I kind of like just having, you know, the characters for myself. Um, I've definitely I have friends that I'll send it to. And I've definitely, you know, had people on social media who I'm like, hey, would you mind reading my stuff just to get some feedback? It's nice to get you know, feedback. It's hard to grow without feedback,
0: right. Um,
1: but and I, I enjoy the exercise of it, and I find it fascinating from kind of like an anthropological standpoint. I, I think that, like, you know, human behavior is fascinating, and so when you're writing, you get to explore, especially when you're writing fantasy, you get to explore, like, some extremes, and, you know, people different from myself, and exploring, like, people with different belief systems from myself, and I've heard Brandon talk about this as well, Uh, you know, kind of getting to explore different types of people, and, and getting to learn your, yourself, you know, when you're writing, you Uh, you're you'll write from a character and you're like oh I guess I believe that I didn't realize that I believe that but that's what they're saying so um you know so and and kind of you can crystallize your own beliefs within um the stories that you're writing and and see the themes that keep coming up and the things that you're writing and so uh, yeah I find that really fascinating but I don't have a whole lot of interest in
0: in publishing no that's okay too like you, like you said, it's something that's therapeutic and, and you can discover yourself mm-hmm. as you're, as you're writing. I think that's, that's great for, you know, this, this podcast, you know, is about fantasy and science fiction, create creators, really like anybody that wants to create anything science fiction and fantasy. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you always have to get your stuff out there. So yeah, that's, that's great. Um, do you have any advice for anybody that wants to, um, you know, start this journey as, as an artist or, or just to get better at art?
1: Well, I think what I was talking a little bit about in the beginning, I think that um, people are very afraid to try and people are very afraid to be judged um, by other people. And certainly if you're putting your work out on the internet, you have to be um, okay with that. Although really, thankfully, I've not had a lot of, everybody's been really supportive for the most part. Um, But I think that, you know, you have to get critique at some point. Um, you're, you're just not going to get better if you don't have other people looking at it and you have to get a combination of artists looking at it and just regular people, um, or or non-artists, regular people. Um, but you have to kind of have a lot of people looking at, at your artwork and seeing, you know, what, you know, what are they saying? Um, and you can kind of guide them in the kind of critique that you want. Say like, telling me that it looks beautiful doesn't help. I want you to tell me what you like about it, what you don't like about it. I think for me, like I was talking about before, kind of to bring this like full circle, you know, one of the best things that I had was, you know, my, my grandfather being able to tell me like, you know, different things and he would really point out and he was very, very supportive, but he was not sugarcoating anything. And he would say, well, you know, your, your proportions are off here. And if you change this, uh, then all of a sudden you'll see a difference. And, you know, those little things, um, really, really helped. And, um, so I think that that's number one. And I think also just, you know, practice every day, um, you know, and practice, you know, and, um, yeah, just like every day, practice a little bit and you will see progress. Um, you know, it, it might take you, you know, longer than you, you see other people and, and don't get discouraged by by other artists. Like, I, I do kind of feel bad about this because I think that I I, I progress very, very quickly um, and I believe that I, I was given it. It's a gift. Um, and I think that like as hard as I've worked on my talent, I was given it an innate gift. I, I have the ability to draw. Um, you know, and, and it's just the way that I see the world and I'm able to take that and then, you know, transcribe it onto paper. But don't let that discourage you because everybody works at a different pace and it doesn't mean that you're not going to get, um, you know, to the place that you want to be. It just might take you a little bit longer. So I definitely think the practice every day and make sure that you have other people looking at your artwork and, and
0: giving you feedback is two very important things. Perfect. Thank you so much for getting on with me, Shane. You'll go ahead and tell everybody how you can get a hold of you and, and get a hold of some art if they want to buy it
1: um well so you can find me on instagram at shane art um and same for tiktok now um and my etsy account is um Shandle art originals um i know my name is unusual so you you know it's uh you'll have to you'll have to sorry about that but um you know those are those are the places you can find me and especially if you love you know cosmere
0: i i love talking about it definitely jump on there and
1: you know tell me all about your favorite fan theories and stuff it's, uh, it's a fun community
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for getting on with me tonight. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun. Thanks so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Troy podcast. Please subscribe, like, and share with your friends.